0: You're listening to Blaze, the go to podcast for trailblazing entrepreneurs and anyone passionate about doing business differently. My name is Megan, and together with my guests, I'm pulling back the curtain to bring you the conversations that normally happen behind closed doors. We're sharing practical tips, no BS advice, and inspiring stories to remind you that no matter where you are on your business journey, you're not in this alone. Welcome to our community. Welcome to the Blaze Podcast. Did you know that people are four times as likely to open your welcome emails than any other email you send your list? Not only that, but click-through rates for welcome emails are 10 times higher than any other email that you send. And if you're not currently selling in your welcome sequence or you don't have one at all, then congratulations because you've just identified a great opportunity to start making sales completely on autopilot. So after helping dozens of entrepreneurs create income-generating email funnels, I've developed a powerful five-part Welcome Sequence framework that's proven to convert it up to 20%, and now I want to share it with you. My Welcome Sequence email templates are conversion-optimized and fill in the blanks, so all you have to do is hit copy and paste. And because I wanted to give you all something special for the holidays, from now until December 31st, you can save 25% off the templates with code REINDEER, all cap because I want you to start the new year off right with a welcome sequence that sells for you. This is the first thing I recommend when clients come to me and they're just getting started with email marketing is to set up a welcome sequence that is selling for you on autopilot. You do it once and it works for you 24/7. So if you wanna check, write or rewrite my welcome sequence off your to-do list before 2024, head to megansmythecom slash templates. Or you can grab the link in the show notes for this episode to make it super easy. Just don't forget to use the code reindeer for 25% off. Hello and welcome back to the Blaze podcast. Today's conversation is one I'm really excited about because it's a topic that as per usual on the show does not get a lot of airtime, you know, in the regular content that I'm personally consuming. So I'm going to bet it's a conversation you haven't heard before either. And that is how can we make a Positive impact in the world through our businesses. This is something that a lot of entrepreneurs have in mind when they first start. I know I did. I know pretty much every female entrepreneur I know has this goal to create an impact, right? They want to give back. They want to, you know, whether it's donating a portion of their profits, serving their community, making a difference for their family or the entire world. It's something a lot of us want to do, but there's not a ton of practical advice out there. And so that's what we're breaking down in today's conversation. I'm joined by Lauren Tilden, who is a marketing coach for creative small business owners who want to get out of their own way and create a business that makes an impact and a sustainable income. After eight years in corporate marketing, Lauren quit her great-on-paper job, sounds familiar, and started selling her handmade calligraphy greeting cards in her mom's retail store. A lot of ups and downs later, Lauren now owns two creative businesses and hosts the Making Good podcast for small business owners. We talked about so many good topics in today's conversation. We talked about creating a business around your values, how to juggle multiple businesses at a time, and how to make conscious buying decisions for your business and to vote with your wallet. We're also gonna talk about how you can give back outside of just donating a percentage of your profits and different tactical ways that you can really serve your community and give back to causes that are important to you. I really love this conversation and I think you're going to too. So without further ado, let's dive in. Lauren, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to chat with you.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited.
0: Yeah, me too. Okay, so why don't we kick things off with a little bit about you and your origin story. What were you doing before you started your business, your first business? And did you always know you wanted to be an entrepreneur? Was that part of the plan?
1: Oh my gosh. I No. I'm one of those people who like never knew what I wanted to be when I grew up and was really jealous of my friends who did. Like, I had a friend who one of my best friends knew from like the gut go. She wanted to be a doctor and like she grew up and did it. And I was always really envious of people like that. But what, and I think a a big part of my journey has been kind of trying to detach from what I felt like I should be doing yeah, and in favor of what I genuinely love and feel strongly about. So my career was really driven by that should, like, what looks good on paper? What do I feel like I should be doing with this degree that I work so hard for? Um, I studied economics in college, and then I went and ended up working in marketing for a market research agency, and that kind of got me into the market research world. So I worked in a bunch of different marketing and event management roles, and my last role before I left was as a marketing director of a market research media company, which is kind of convoluted, but. Don't need to go into the weeds of exactly what that industry was all about, but essentially my job was to oversee all the marketing for our, our company. It was really heavily focused on email marketing, and I left that job back in 2017, and I, I have understood always the power of email marketing, but I don't think I ever expected how it would kind of come full circle, and now it's one of the main things that I talk about So yeah, that was what I was doing is I was working in the corporate world as a marketer. I do love marketing. I learned a ton in that path, but it just was not mission-driven work that I felt that personally attached to or excited about. I loved the people I worked with, but it just wasn't like, it was not aligned really is the way that I ultimately came to understand it. Um, And I started having a bunch of health issues, like nothing super, super scary, but just like stress-related health stuff. And I was like if I don't love what I'm doing, why am I sacrificing? my? Not that maybe you should ever sacrifice your health for your work, but like, especially if you're not that into what you're doing anyway. And so I actually like ended up just quitting, no plan, no business set up, just this isn't working. I am fortunate enough to be in a position where my partner works full time and like could support us both and I could quit. And so I did with not a real plan or next step, but That For me, that was the important first step is just like taking the leap knowing like, I'm willing to jump off of the path of shoulds and what people expect me to do and what looks good on paper. And that like took me years to find that willingness. But that was the first step for me.
0: Yeah, and that is that's the most important one, right? I went through the same thing. I also was someone who let my career choices early on be dictated by shoulds. And and getting off that path is the hardest part, I think. So yeah, you made a bold move just quitting with no plan. So walk us through mm-hmm. like what happened next. How did you, you know, did you experiment with different things? Like how did you eventually land on an idea? Yeah.
1: yeah. So I had kind of dipped my toes into the idea of starting my business several years before I had, I was living and working in New York and, um, I got laid off my company downsized, and I was like, I am not going to find another, I don't want to find another job in New York. I want to move back to Seattle and I'll figure it out there. And I ended up kind of getting into the small, like the entrepreneurship world a little bit. And I intended to be a marketing consultant, like freelance and so I got some clients and what happened is that eventually like my biggest client just became my full-time employer. Like they took more and more of my time and then they hired me full-time and I was like, fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was in 2013. So I kind of dipped my toes in a little bit then. And then after I quit in 2017, I knew that I liked working for myself. And so I just didn't know what I wanted to do. And it was kind of between actually copywriting, which I know we share in common, I love for that um and also I had been toying around I taught myself calligraphy for my wedding and so that was the other kind of direction and I just I I didn't really know for sure but I decided like I want to make things with my hands so that's what I did so I started a first greeting card that I sold at my mom's retail store And then I taught myself watercolor. So then I made a lot of watercolor-based designs. And now I mostly do watercolor. I still have some calligraphy stuff. And then, yeah, I sell them through my website. I sell them at that store, which I now own, Funny Twist of Fate. In 2019, I took that over from my mom. So yeah, that first business called Good Sheila. It's plant-inspired paper goods. And we sell online and then through a bunch of retail stores throughout the country. And then in 2019, I took over Station 7, which is a small retail store in Seattle. We also sell online and we're really focused on like small business, like um, handmade, small batch, local where possible goods. You know, through that, I worked with and supported a ton of different small business owners and got to know them and kind of realized, oh, like I do have this, this career that I thought I left that had nothing to do with my future, which was marketing. I actually can use a lot of, I do use a lot of that in my business and I can help people with that. So, what happened, the start of my podcast, Making Good, and which which became a business in itself, but I started that early in the pandemic just because I was like, this is a terrible time to work in retail. I need something to be excited about. And for me, it was Making Good. So, Making Good is the podcast for small business owners who want to make a positive impact. I really focus on helping folks do better marketing so they can make a bigger impact. And I started it in May 2020, so mid pandemic. pandemic. Um, and we've been going strong ever since.
0: Yeah, I didn't realize the podcast was like a pandemic passion project. That is awesome to see you still going strong you know I've been on the show it's a it's a great show for anyone listening I'll make sure the link is in the show notes for everyone but
1: great episode of Megan oh
0: yeah thank you and I just I love you know the fact that there's so many times I think most business owners we think our backgrounds are like unrelated to what our business ends up being but a lot of times like you can't see those dots all connecting until you're you're looking backward you're like oh you know I did get something out of that experience it gave me something that's helpful now in my business even if it seemed unrelated Um, Mm -hmm. but it's really cool you get to use that background Background. So you've now got, is it three businesses? If you include Making Good, you've got the retail store and your own. Yeah creative business as well, which your work is beautiful, by the way, I was creeping the website of all of the businesses, yeah, Yeah, the watercolors, yeah, the watercolors and the calligraphy, yeah, it's awesome, so I think that, you know, the common thread that runs through all these businesses, like you said, is your passion for for small business, for supporting other small business owners, uh, making a positive impact, and that's what become, or making good has become known for, so, you know, what has that been like building that brand, you talk a lot about values-based marketing. So, how did that come into play? And what was that like in your own business, getting clear on your values and then, you know, creating a business around your values, really?
1: Yeah, I think it really was born out of that feeling of just being so unaligned in my per- previous career. And not to say that I was working for like businesses who were doing bad things, like they weren't. But I realized what the missing piece was for me was the feeling that I was. A, like really loved what I was doing, but B, that I knew that I was making a positive impact with my time and my efforts. And so I knew right away that I wanted to bake that into my business, that like a part of it would be giving back um, in some way. And for me, like when I was thinking about it in the beginning, I didn't really realize how many different ways there are to make a positive impact. Um, and you know, I'd love to like talk about some of the other ways, but for me, like what I thought was, okay, I need to donate. So since the beginning, I've donated 5% of profits and I call it 5% for good to a cause that I believe in, which rotates. I used to rotate quarterly and um, now I just kind of rotate when I feel like it. When you feel it. Yeah. So, yeah. So that became a big thing for me. And I just realized through the work that I was doing that I was really kind of felt attracted to other businesses like that. Like I really had a lot of in common with small business owners who Yes, wanted to make money, wanted to do something they loved, but also believed that they could make the world better in some small way or large way through their businesses. So since then, I have met so many different small business owners who do that in so many ways. There you can, of course, donate, and that's great. But there are so many other ways too. Like you can you can educate, you can um advocate for what you believe in, you can you know, one of the things that I do in my membership program now is we do co-working together. And for every task we get done, we plant a tree. So like in the two years since we've had the membership, we've planted over like 1100 trees. Um, So there's just like, if you're creative, everything, every decision in your business, everything you do is an opportunity to be thoughtful about how it's impacting the world around you and how you can make that impact a positive one. So my whole business story has just been a series of like following what excites me and like what's interesting and what lights me up and you know and when I first started the podcast I didn't really think or plan for it to be so focused on marketing but over time I've seen that like the better your marketing is the more successful your business will be and therefore the bigger impact you can make so now the podcast episodes have really focused on like when I'm sharing my expertise, that's marketing. I talk a lot about different marketing topics. We talk about mindset because I've learned over my own experience in particular, like how you think about yourself and how you think about your business makes such an impact on the, what you do and the results that you see. So I talk a ton about perfectionism and procrastination and growth mindset and all of the, those sort of topics. And then, you know, I think the combination of those, we also talk a lot about doing good and values and and all that good stuff.
0: Yeah, I love it. And you know, you know something really important is that I think a lot of us get into business, you know, a lot of women in particular, I find, want to create an impact with their business. It seems to be a common thread for a lot of us, but you do need great marketing to do that, right? Like you need to grow your income alongside your impact because, you know, the more disposable income you have, the greater an impact you can have on on other people, you know, on causes that you care about, There are more opportunities you have to give back, like, you know, financially and time-wise. So I love mm-hmm. how you brought up different examples as well you know it doesn't necessarily have to be a donation. I think that's great if that's what you want to do but you know do you have any advice for I'm thinking of the the new entrepreneur who's like just getting started and they don't have the disposable income or the cash flow yet and they feel intimidated by you know a donation of profits. like what mm-hmm. is something really simple someone could get started with or like how do you suggest they kind of brainstorm those different creative ways of giving back?
1: Yeah, such a good question and I think it really starts with getting clear on your values. And that can feel like a really nebulous, like daunting task, I think. So for me, what I, the process that I went through was I just asked myself, like, what do I care about really strongly? Like what really, really matters to me? What are the things that get me like in my feelings when I see something or like injustices in my case, like that's something that is really important to me is like speaking up for injustice. Um, But asking yourself, what do you care a ton about? Like, what is, what really lights you up? For me, one of them is speaking up. Like it's it's important to me. I feel my most aligned self when I'm speaking up about the things that matter to me. Even if I know that's gonna cost me like people who disagree with me are gonna unfollow. Like right now, I'm I've been speaking up about some things happening in the world that like I know are not, you know, it's maybe not a smart quote unquote business move, but like that's what I believe. And I really wanna use my platform to spread what I know and what I believe. So um that's an example of like a value that it's not about me donating. I mean, I have donated, but like, it's not about me donating all my money to this cause. It's like, I know that I believe really strongly in it. So I'm speaking up about it. So that could, that's just an example, like speaking up, using your platform. I think for anyone who's a product-based business or for anyone who does any kind of like production in your business, like if you get stuff printed or you send gifts to people, just thinking really carefully about like where you're spending your money in terms of like environmental impact. If one of your values is the environment and like doing your best to do right by the the earth, then that's a really, that's a topic that actually you do have a lot of agency over, like where you, the paper you print stuff on or where you order your client gifts or, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Um, The third thing I would say is that where you spend your money really matters. So every dollar you spend is like a vote for the kind of world you want to see. You know, as business owners, we spend money, whether it's on physical things, on software, on, you know, we all have probably, we can think of a lot of things we're spending money on. If you look at your bookkeeping, you can just like go look at your expenses and as you go item by item, like, make sure that you're aligned with the businesses that you're spending your money with. And if you don't know what their values are or what kind of impact they're making, that's usually something you can do some pretty easy research on, go look at what they what they say, what they're doing. But for example, like, in the product-based world, there's a shipping company, there's a packaging company that is very widely used, and they're, a, like, one of the biggest donors to... A political party that I am not affiliated with and that a lot of small business owners are not. And so knowing that like you would choose, it's a very easy thing you can do to choose to order your packaging from someone else. So just like really knowing where your money's going is an easy thing that I think is a great place to start.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point and something I think we don't often think about. We think about, you know, making changes in our own business. But I think looking at what businesses you're supporting as a fellow business owner and where your money's going, like you said, like it's a really simple thing. You know, I think, for example, like sending client gifts. I like to send like little gift baskets and things like that as a surprise. Like when we're working on projects and there's so many, you know, gift box companies mm-hmm. out there there's so many different options for things like that it doesn't need that much extra effort you know to i search for ones that are like either you know women-owned supporting uh small businesses supporting local whatever it may be um some of them are like run by newcomers to canada or the u.s like whatever it is like whatever is important to you like that's something i make an effort to seek out, but also just looking at your expenses and think, where is my money going? What are those companies putting it back into? Like you said, because I think, you know, the packaging company example, that's probably something people don't think twice about when they, you know, they just go to the largest retailer, but it only takes a couple minutes of research. uh, Like you said, to find that maybe that's not aligned with where you want your money to go.
1: Yeah. Or when there's a big sticker maker that like, you know, you may not be aligned with. So just, it's a super simple thing. Like when you're sourcing, when you're making any decision of whether it's software, physical things, literally anything you're buying, even just like professional development from other small business owners, if you're learning, just making sure that you are aligned and that, Mm -hmm. you know, because they are also voting with their money. So you are kind of like ripple effect helping them Anyway, I digress. I don't want to get too political, but...
0: No, I'm here for it. This is, this is definitely the podcast. Feel <laughs> okay. free to, to get political. <laughs>
1: okay. So yeah, I think, I think really hard about that. And I think that's a super easy way. Like you're spending the money anyway. And I just would encourage folks to understand that sometimes the cheapest option is the cheapest for a reason because you know it's the cheapest because they are not valuing like labor or they are making decisions that are really hard on the environment or um whatever like they're underpaying people like just thinking through sometimes it's worth spending a little bit more or waiting a little bit longer for the thing so that you can be spending in the way that is is aligned with what you believe and what you care about so
0: Yeah, no, such a good point. And then, you know, just thinking about how to tie that into our own marketing as well. So we've looked at, you know, other businesses we're supporting. in terms of bringing our values into our marketing. Like you talked about, you know, the first step is obviously to get clear on what those values are. That brings me to another question. Actually, I'm curious. Are you know, what's the difference between your personal values and your business values? And is there a difference? Is that something you need to, you know, sit down and define separately? Or is that what you did?
1: Yeah, for me, it's, it's really been my own. I think I have to, in my businesses, like I have to run them in a way that I feel fully aligned with. So, yeah, for, first and foremost, like I have to make sure that they represent me and what I believe and that I can fully stand by everything I'm doing. But I think another thing would be to look at like your ideal customer. Like, what do they care about? Are there things that they feel super strongly about that you can help support through your business. Um so you know this is one of the millions of reasons why doing ideal customer research is so powerful but asking them just tons of questions about who they are, what they care about, what keeps them up at night, what do they struggle with, what do they need to hear, you know all of these questions I know you probably talk about this a lot on the podcast because it's so core to copywriting but it's also core to like designing your business in a way that is going to feel aligned, not only for you, but for them. So it could be that you find there are topics that your audience really, really cares about and that you can do something about that too. An example of that for me would be mental health. Like I struggle with my own mental health. I talk about my own mental health, but I didn't really realize I, it wasn't so centered in my business until I realized that something my audience really cares about too. And like a lot of them struggle with mental health too. Um, so now I'm like, okay, I that's definitely forefront for me. Like I want to talk about mental health. I want to support mental health. I want to be an example of representation of someone who like has struggled with mental health and still is doing the thing. So that would be another example. Yeah, I'm not sure that your values have to 100% overlap. For example, for me, one of my personal values I'm kind of just realizing is freedom. I don't know that that's super relevant to my business for example, but it is for me. And so I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to make decisions in my businesses that give me more freedom. Whereas I don't think that's something that's necessarily yeah. that relevant to my business. So there's, there are some things that probably are not relevant, but certainly anything with like a moral tint to it, I mm-hmm. am fully, they're the same. <laughs> like I can't have a business that does things that are not aligned with what I care about and what I believe. So,
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think the way I think about it is my personal values. Like, for example, one of mine is freedom as well. And although that finds its way into my business, you know, I probably became an entrepreneur because I because I enjoy having that freedom and want to help other people create that for themselves as well. But it's not necessarily like a pillar of my business in the way other things are. Like you said, like one of your values is speaking up. Like to me, you know, as a copywriter, one of the impacts I want to create is being able to like, raise other people's voices, particularly women or anyone from a marginalized community and just kind of like hand them the bullhorn yeah. and and raise them up. Um, and that's specific to my business because that's what I'm aiming to do through copy and marketing, messaging, all those things. But yeah. And I also love what you said about, you know, doing the research, getting to know your audience, because it's equally important to know what matters to them. Mm-hmm and and what's important and to find that alignment. I like to think of it as like a, a Venn diagram between like, you know, your values, things that matter most to you, your audience, and then hopefully there's some overlap mm-hmm. between the two and that's where you can, you know, concentrate your efforts and, and bring that into your marketing and just your business in general. Yeah. Like, you know, for example, like client experience, you know, if you're gonna maybe gift someone, you can make a donation in their name, in your client's name to a cause that's important to both of you, right? Like that becomes so much more meaningful and, and personalized
1: hmm. Yeah. But I love the visual of the Venn diagram because, you know, there may be some things that your client cares about that like is not totally aligned with you.
0: Yeah. You don't want to sacrifice your own values. You want to find where the overlap is.
1: I, I stay in my side of the Venn diagram or in the overlap. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so we've got a couple really great examples of, you know, living it to your values, bringing that into your marketing. I'm curious if there's anything else about, like, just making our values clear to our audience. Aside from, you know, posting on social media, like you said, when there's there's events happening in the world and you kind of feel that that inner urge to speak up, um, you should definitely listen to that. Is there anything else besides, you know, just, just posting our values? I see a lot of people have their values on their website these days. I do as well. I have some of them up there. But, like, is there any way we can, you know, really – live those, you know, kind of walk the talk. Right. And, you Mm -hmm. know, aside from just living on your website, is there any other examples you can think of, of like actively bringing that into our businesses, bringing it into our marketing?
1: Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's the first step, like we've kind of already talked about is just to get really clear on what those values are have them somewhere like visible in your office if you need them, or if you don't have them top of mind, like you can have a sticky note on your computer or whatever it is. And then you can view really every single decision in your business and your marketing as something to run past those values. Like when you're hiring, when you're creating a piece of content, when you're doing a collaboration with someone, when you're buying stuff, when you're, you know, making a decision about a customer situation, you can look at those values and say like, what is in most Like alignment with these values, it can be easy to make decisions that aren't in alignment with your values just kind of like accidentally if you don't have your values top of mind. So I think first and foremost, just A, getting clear on them and B, keeping them like either physically visible if you need it or just like at the front of your mind when you're making any decision that you make in your business. I think, yes, of course, mention it on social media, like do the post about your values on social media, put it on your website. But also just, you know, integrate it into your, the way that you speak. I'm sure this is huge for you, but like what you talk about, you can allude to like, this is really important to me. So X, Y, Z, Um, it doesn't have to be like an official values post or a values email to allude to the things that matter to you and that are important to you. And then I think the last thing is just like kind of letting the actions do the talking, you know, like your values, hopefully. Mm -hmm. You don't even have to spell it out exactly what they are. People can look at your business and the way that you're interacting with the world and the decisions that you're making, and they can probably figure out what your values are. That would be the ideal. So just making sure, again, that the decisions you're making represent what you care about and what is most important to you.
0: I love that. I think it's it's such a great idea to use your values as that sort of true north on your compass of decision making. And I know, you know, I like to think that I've always been running my business in a way that's, you know, aligned with what's important to me, but I I know in, in practicality that I wasn't doing that actively until I clarified exactly what those values were. And like you said, kept them yeah. you know front and center every time I had to make a decision, like in my marketing and with client stuff, whatever it is. And for me, I put mine on my desktop, like my laptop desktop for a long time. It was like my my desktop. Background, just to remind me, yeah. And for anyone who you know wants even like more examples, I can share a couple for my own business. One of mine was Savor and Celebrate, which has now become the name of my newsletter, and as well as like you know a bonus round on this this podcast, yeah. um, just reminding people to enjoy the journey and have fun along the way, and not just you know stay focused on that end result. You know, living in the moment that's something that I'm striving to do more in my own life and business. Yeah. And another was, you know, doing business differently, which was kind of the birthplace for this podcast and where that idea came from. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think, let's see, accessibility is huge to me. You'll find, you know, if you ever apply to be a guest on this podcast, you'll find the form. Um, It asks your pronouns on something that's important to me. I want everyone to feel included. It asks, you know, if you have any Extra accommodations or requests or anything—that's really important that people feel Mm. comfortable when they they sit down to record with me. Like just those small things, I think that that tells you something, right? Like I know if I see something like that on someone else's website or form, like it tells me a lot about who they are as a person and a
1: business owner. I think that's awesome. I think those are great examples. Maybe we'll put it in the show notes. I have a download that's how to write your good business statement, which is like what are your values and how to articulate it in a way that like is clear and concise and people can understand just a simple workbook that walks you through this the stages of like what are your values how can you write it in a way that's clear and makes sense to people and is not like overly you know in your head and wordy and like what do you do with them once you know them so yeah um yeah I'd be happy to share that
0: Absolutely. I'll make sure that links in the show notes. I think it's super helpful for people to kind of like walk through that exercise and, and dig deeper beyond, you know, it's easy to say your values are something like community and, and generosity, but those are, those are big words, right? To embody in your business. So it's like, how do we kind of break that down and, and make it actionable for people to like really live those out? So yeah,
1: that's I love that. such a good point. Like I, I think I even say this somewhere in that workbook or when I talk about like, like one of the things that always comes to mind for me when people talk about values is like integrity. I'm like, okay, Mm. what does that mean? Like, I think- (laughs) What does that mean uh, to you?
0: I think more importantly, right? Because everyone's definition will be different.
1: And like specifically, so yes, like what does it mean to you? But like, how can you get super specific? That's why I love your examples that you just gave, like- savor and celebrate I think you said like
0: it sounds more eloquent than just saying I like having fun and I think every every entrepreneur should
1: or um for me like speak up like for that's another way yeah that's how I understand integrity but it's more actionable like I know what that means I know how to show up speaking up better than I know how to show up like integrity so I think like getting super specific about your values is another way to make them actionable for yourself is like okay How can I make this as specific as possible? That's gonna make it easier to make decisions that are aligned.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, to mine as well. You know, in terms of more specific examples, instead of just in community, I have building up community. It makes it a little more specific to me. And then, you know, maybe add a definition. Like for me, I worked with a brand strategist, which was really helpful. And oh, when she gave me the two, you know, I, I gave her all this information of what I wanted to do, and she came back to me with these two values: build up community and tear down barriers for that community. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my god, that's genius. That's exactly what I've been been trying to say, right? And then just expand on like lauren said what does that mean to you and what does that look like in practice so you know integrity in practice for lauren looks like speaking up about things um when she sees injustice and i think that's something you you do so well i think a lot of people are are intimidated by that and afraid to to speak up and raise their voices i'd love to hear if you have any advice for someone who is maybe listening and, and does feel a little afraid to to raise their voice and speak out
1: yeah it's hard Even for me, who, like, I'm an Aries, I've been, like, kind of, like, a stubborn, opinionated person my entire life, it still makes me nervous sometimes, and there are certain, like, it's different in different scenarios, like, for me, so I'm I'm queer, I speak up about that all the time, it does earn me some unfollows, which is a conversation for another day, every time I do it. It's not hard for me, though, because, like, I'm very secure and proud in that. And, like, I know it's about other people if they take issue with that in some way. But, like, it's pretty amazing, the reaction every time I mention it. It's, like, 25 unfollows. It's (sighs) wild.
0: So that's so gross. I wish I could say that I'm, you know, surprised by that. It's, it, yeah. it's an unfortunate reality, but I love that you keep doing it. And you know, what? I would be like good riddance to those people. I Why do if they don't, so, don't belong in your community. They don't deserve to be there. And you?
1: I don't want them to decide to buy from me and be in my community and like be exactly. in spaces with me if that's where they stand. So it all in all, like it's fine. And probably even a good thing for me to kind of weed out the people who are so not on the same page, but I just say that as an example, like there are consequences. There's a quote, let me, let me confirm it before I, okay. So it's a Zora Neale Hurston quote and it's, it costs you something to do good. And that just like kind of stopped me in my tracks when I saw that the first time, because it's like, yeah, there are sometimes going to be consequences, but if you are that clear in what you believe and what matters to you, you do it anyway. Yeah. So I'm sure that's like the least helpful thing I could say to your question.
0: No, it's it's true though. I think, you know, it. you are, you're weeding people out. And I think sometimes, especially newer entrepreneurs are a bit hesitant to do that because they're like, well, I need everyone that I can get, you know, to, to buy from me and be in my audience and all that. But, you know, the more you repel the wrong people, the more you attract yeah. the right ones. That's what I always tell my clients. And it's something... I've seen in my own business as well. And I'm sure, I mean, I hope that when you post that sort of thing, that when when you're standing in your values, that you also get positive responses. And that also reaffirms people in your audience who, who stand, you know, on, on the same issues, maybe queer people in your community, or just, you know, maybe they know someone, love someone, and that's just reassuring to them that you're someone they want to be around.
1: Yeah. It's hard, but I think, and and I just said that, that's not hard for me to talk about, but some of the like, political situations or like injustices that we're all seeing in the world um but that we don't necessarily know how to talk about that stuff's harder and i lean into just like what do i actually like how can i not be performative and, and how can i not say something just for the sake of like posting something on the internet but share how i believe and then like you say in a lot of cases amplify the voices of people who are more affected or who Um, know more than I do who really deserve to be heard more than more than I do so I think it kind of depends case by case but there are a lot of situations where like you know maybe even people in my real life I know are going to disagree with stuff I'm posting and that's you know that's kind of hard to contend with but it's you know I think it's one of those examples of why it's so powerful to be clear on your values maybe one of your values is not actually speaking up But, you know, putting your money where your mouth is. And so maybe you're not the person who's like going to go out there and post all this stuff about your, your beliefs and your opinions, but you're going to make donations. And, you know, it'd be great to do both of those things. But I think you can stay in your lane a little bit too. Like, what is your mode of impact? And not to say you should always stay in your comfort zone. Like, I think there is power in stepping outside of your comfort zone. But Knowing what your values are is gonna help guide you to like what are the things you can do that are most aligned for you.
0: Absolutely. I think that's a really good point as well is that not everyone listening to this is going to be someone like Lauren and I who are both quite stubborn and opinionated and aren't afraid <laughs> to raise our own voices. And and that's okay. I do think like Lauren said, it's good to challenge yourself to maybe step outside your comfort zone sometimes, but you can also you know contribute to important causes quietly like behind the scenes. Or you can, like Lauren said as well, raise up the voices of other people who are more directly impacted or more educated on a certain issue. Like, those are both great options as well. You don't have to do something that feels, you know, too uncomfortable or unaligned for you. You can find a way to to do good and to speak up in a way that feels authentic to you.
1: One more thing I would say is just, I think what stops a lot of people from speaking up is just, like, a fear of making a mistake with it, like, of saying the wrong thing or you know, making a mistake. And I think we have to challenge ourselves to be willing to make mistakes, to do the best we can. If someone corrects us to thank them and like do better next time, but just like good people quietly doing nothing is a recipe for disaster. Like you probably will make mistakes and we're all learning as we go. And yeah, just being willing for that to happen. Like I know that I've had conversations on my podcast about hot button, hot button topics in the moment, but like, you know, now I may have, maybe I would have said something a little bit differently in response, or even when I listen to edit, I'm like, okay, like I would have maybe said things a little bit differently if I could have thought through everything, but I still stand by like, it's, it's important to just do what you can in the moment. And allow yourself to make mistakes as long as you're tr- actively trying, as long as you're listening um, and like willing to do better next time.
0: Yeah, that is it's so true and such a good point. You know, speaking up is is the first half of it, but I think listening is the key, especially if you're coming from the perspective of like, we talked about someone who is not as directly impacted or doesn't belong to a certain marginalized group. Listening is is the other half of that. So that's a right. really beautiful note to, to end on. So Thank you for that. We are going to we're going to wrap up with our bonus round now. Are you ready to? We're going to talk savor yeah. and celebrate after, you know, after the background history on that. So first up, what is something you're savoring lately?
1: I have, as we record this, a nine week old baby, and a two and a half year old, and we've kind of alluded to like there's a lot going on in the world with like. Kids and violence right now, and so I'm just like I was laying in bed the other morning with one of my kids' hands and my left hand, and the other kid in my right, and just like reminding myself like how lucky and like just special the time that I have with them is. As a kind of chronic overachiever, overworker, I tend to like overwork and sacrifice everything to, at the expense of working my personal life, like my health, like literally everything. And so just reminding myself to be really present with my family and, um, you know, really just in tune with how lucky I am, that like my life is the way it is right now. And like, I have this time with them the way that I do. So that's maybe a heavy answer to that question.
0: No, yeah, no, but it's honest, right? And it's something we all, all have to work on and continuously remind us of. So thank you for the reminder because I'm sure everyone listening to this can can think of the same example in their own life. Like, just take a second right now, remind yourself, you know, or next time you're with your family, you know, holding your, your kid's hand or, or your dog, in my case, yeah. um, holding your dog and just reminding yourself how how lucky we all are. So that's beautiful. Okay, Second question, what is your favorite way to celebrate an accomplishment?
1: Such a good question. And even just reading the question was like, okay, reminder, I need to do this better. (laughs) I think there's probably a lot of your listeners, we all need the reminder that there are opportunities to celebrate everywhere. And it can be so easy to just like kick the ball down the field and like never celebrate because like by the time you get to that thing, you would have been so proud of now you're looking ahead to something. Else. Yeah. So thank you for that question. And just a reminder that it's so important to do that. I wouldn't say I do it that well, but a couple of things that I do love to do. um, I like to write about things. And usually it's for, usually it's for content in some way, like it's for my private podcast or something. But when I like to debrief on it myself and just like write about why I think it went well, and just kind of like, let myself marinate in it verbally and writ- in a written way. And then if I'm like really trying to treat myself, I, I don't do this often enough, but like, I love to go to the spa. I love to get a facial massage, go out to dinner, those kinds of things. But honestly, if I'm being super candid, this is definitely an area for improvement. And like, I just thank you for, for asking the question because it's brought some, like, I've got a bunch of stuff I'm working on right now. It's, we're headed into, we're in Q4, like the end of the year is kind of bonkers for retail businesses. And what I normally do is I like power through, I do as well as I can. And then no matter what, I just like jump right into January. And it's like, let me make sure, no matter what happens, whether I meet the goals or don't, like I'm working so hard, like let me remind myself to take a day and celebrate the hard work, not even like the results, but like just everything I put into it. So thank you for that question.
0: Yeah, you're you're so welcome. I get that a lot from people. You're definitely not alone in that. I feel the same way. And
1: what's your favorite way to celebrate?
0: Oh man. I I'm also not great at it. That's why I like hearing, you know, from other people to get some inspiration. I do love a good massage. I also do not go for a massage. Like I think maybe the last time I went was like six months to a year ago. But yeah, there you have it. I love reading and writing as well. The simple pleasures. Sometimes I'll bake something, but yeah, nothing too crazy. I'm working on it too. Mm -hmm. We're all working Mm -hmm. on it. So I hope everyone, like you said, it's the end of the year. I hope everyone listening to this, you know, takes this as a reminder to celebrate all the hard work you put in this year, regardless of of the results, look back at how far you've come and all the things you've done. So lovely reminder. Okay, and then third question, what's a win you've celebrated recently?
1: Okay, another like personal life-related thing is that when my, so I did not give birth to either of my children. My partner gave birth to both of them. When my first kid, Casey, was born, I took off literally like a week and then I was right back working right away. This time with the second baby, despite the fact that I have so much going on and like in many ways- quote unquote, put me behind. Um, there are goals that I set for the year that I am not going to be able to meet now because I took time off and like did not fully prepare beforehand anyway. But I took a whole month off to spend with my kid, which if you're listening from Europe, you're probably like a month. That's not enough time. It's nothing. <laughs> for working for yourself in the US, like that's a pretty, that's and like not being the primary parent in the sense of like feeding and all that it was big for me. So it took the whole month. I didn't work at all. I like could not believe how clear my head felt just like going on a walk and like thinking about things other than work. And it, it was just the break that I needed so badly and didn't even know. So I'm really proud of myself for doing that. I, it, for me, it took myself like an Enneagram three, very achievement oriented, like I had to let that take the back seat and be like, and no, I'm quote unquote, slowing myself down. That's okay. You know, like being willing to do that anyway. So I'm really proud of myself for that. It was hard. Yeah. Um, but I would do it again. And like, not that we're going to have another kid, but if we did. It would be probably more than a month. I'd try to <laughs> two months, maybe. So
0: yeah, that's that's awesome, and you should be proud. That's a it's a big win. And sometimes slowing down is harder than you know pushing ahead to the next goal, especially for achiever types like you said. So you know, congratulations. I love hearing everyone's family and personal wins. It makes me so happy.
1: That's not what I would have answered a couple years ago, and so I yeah. I count that as like a big sign of personal growth. And <laughs> I like. You know, I figured out how to value things other
0: than work. I love that. That's such a beautiful note to wrap up on. You know, our conversation all around values, and yeah, you're a living an example of you know what's most important to you and how you're making time for that. So, Lord, thank you so much for joining me. I had so much fun talking to you, and I'm sure our listeners enjoyed listening as well. Please tell everyone where can they find you online, where can they come and hang out with you.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for hosting a podcast about values and business and doing things your own way. I think it's so many important conversations are being had around those topics. So thank you for that. I would say the best places to connect with me would be A, my podcast. If you're listening to this, you're a podcast person. So my podcast is called Making Good. We've talked a little bit about it, but marketing, mindset, procrastination, all that good stuff we talk about all the time. Um, You can find it in any podcast player or at makinggoodpodcast.com. On Instagram, that's my main social channel. I'm at Lauren Tilden, L-A-U-R-E-N-T-I-L-D-E-N. And then we haven't really talked much about marketing in this conversation, but one of my big things is to help people figure out what to say in their marketing, Um, because I find that so often people do want to be sending consistent emails or they do want to be posting regularly on social media, but they feel like they have no idea what to say and that's what stops them. So I have a workbook called, uh, or a resource called 100 Prompts, and it is that simple. It's like a list of 100 content prompts to just get your wheels turning and get you started with prompts that'll help you create good aligned content. So that is at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100 prompts, just 100 prompts.
0: Awesome. And we'll make sure that all those links are in the show notes as well as the other resource you mentioned earlier around, you know, defining your values and your your messaging as well. So Lauren, thank you again so much for, for being here today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This has been so much fun.
0: Hey, Trailblazer. Thank you so much for listening to the show. If you found this episode helpful, would you do me a favor and help spread the word? Share it with a friend, tell your mastermind group, take a screenshot and post it on stories. I'm at copybymeg on Instagram. If you want to tag me or just come say hi, I would love to hear from you. Until next time, remember fortune favors the bold, but success favors the stubborn. Keep going, girl. You got this.